Welcome to Insightful Questions, a podcast designed to introduce us to our new head of school, Sam Uswak. Join us as we uncover his vision and connect with voices across EPS in engaging monthly conversations. Get ready to explore the essence of leadership and community in this exciting journey. This is Insightful Questions. Hi, Sam. Hey, Cheryl. How are you? Excellent. How are I'm you today? So good. I'm so glad to be sitting down together. You know, I heard that note about uncovering his vision mm-hmm. that we're going to have an insightful questions here. And I want to start with your vision. Specifically, do you have any vision correction? Ah, I, I have a I have a progression. A progression of vision correction. When did this journey start for you? Well, second grade was all about the glasses. Were they wire-rimmed? They, I don't know what they were. They were huge. Uh, So early in life. And then then did we move to contacts at some point? I'm not seeing glasses right now. No, no. Eighth grade, contacts. That was was a big change. Um, And then, uh, but right after I graduated from grad school, uh, before heading to my first teaching gig, I had a coworker who came back with this thing called LASIK. She Ooh. had been in the the northern the northern lands of Canada and had had these surgeries, these laser surgeries on her eyes, and was not wearing glasses or contacts anymore. So I was like, uh, sort of like an impulse impulse moment. I just let's do that, and I did it the next week. I didn't know that Canada gave us laser vision correction they did they did they were ahead of the states on it in terms of uh uh the technology and so it was about half the cost so we've talked about your literal vision as a sighted person i would love to hear more about the vision of this young usewack character when you think back to that eighth grade self wearing those contact lenses Give us some insights into who this young person was. What do we need to know about young Sam? You need to know that young Sam is very fortunate to have had adults in uh, his life, in my life, that took the long view and were patient. Eighth grade mm-hmm. was rough. Mm-hmm. Eighth grade was rough in school. Eighth grade was rough in Boy Scouts. I should have been thrown out. I think at one point I lost my temper. I tore off, literally ripped my uh uniform off You're like scout vest yeah my scout oh, shirt and stormed out of the room because i got mad and you don't it, even remember why i don't even remember why and i really they should have just said nope and then a couple of the dads came out and simply asked how are you doing are you okay instead mm-hmm. of sort of you know disciplining me now flash forward three years later you know, in high school, and I'm the senior patrol leader of that troop. Mm -hmm. And I am much calmer. And I have gone through, you know, those really hard teen years and those really emotional years as you're figuring yourself out and your place in the world and experiencing, man, a range of emotions that you just haven't before and and trying to understand those. So eighth grade was tough. You know, it was all that, oh, man, all that angst about you know, what's my identity and I'm wearing these cool clothes and, you know, what do people think of me? And, uh, you know, talking back to the English teacher a little bit too much. So mm. um, not fantastic, but but typical, I would say. It sounds like there were adults in your life who were, as you said, patient and steadfast on that journey with you. 
and maybe saw something in you that you didn't see in yourself at that point because it's that's a hundred percent the truth i mean my teachers were so patient with me um and they called me on you know they called me on my stuff but it was it was always in a way that you know maintained dignity Mm -hmm. um and was about hey you know you could be a better version of yourself than what we're seeing right now Mm. so what were the tools that young sam used on that journey like what what helped you in addition to these great adults seeing your potential did we have musical support did we have snack support like what got (laughs) you through the teen years I know that we have a lot of amazing young people at Eastside Prep who source things in their lives that help mm-hmm. get them through the the day-to-day challenges of being in a teenage body with a teenage brain. It's hard. It's really hard. Um, in, in the school itself, you know, in addition to my parents, um, was the support. I was, I think, starting in seventh grade, I, I basically, from seventh to twelfth grade, I don't think I went home right after school once, Hmm. you know, whether it was the play, whether, uh, you know, either acting or, you know, doing, um, you know, being behind the scenes, whether, you know, sports were huge for me um, in terms of providing a a physical outlet, an energy outlet, but also a structure Mm -hmm. and uh, a way to learn about being a team, Um, student government. So, you know, I was I kept up in my studies. I did the things I needed to do. But my identity was more rooted less in the academic experience Mm -hmm. that would come later uh, and more in the overall school experience. Yeah. So it sounds like school was a place that offered you a menu of opportunities that you could see yourself in. 100%. And they were really important to me. And this is going to sound like it's from the 1800s, but we had a snow day once. And (laughs) um, that does sound like we had a snow day. Another time. And. Uh, but we still had theater rehearsal, and my uh, my parents were divorced. My mom's at work, and there was no way I could get there. So I cross country skied down this trail to the rehearsal. It's like and a Courier and Ives painting. It was man. ten miles. It was uphill. The way back was uphill. It was <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, but no, it was you know. And but 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 here's the thing. Here's the thing. I look back on. I was very proud to be a part of that school, and yet. I was also stuck in this place of, but I, but it's not okay to be proud to go to school. It's not mm. okay to like, you know, you say school, about it. self-conscious about yeah. it, you know? And that, as I've gotten older, that part drives me nuts that, you know, I think Eastside Prep is working so hard where it's okay to learn. It's okay mm-hmm. to geek out. It's okay to, you know, have an identity rooted in academics. Yeah. For instance, um, and we do all the other things, but but the energy wasted on like not being able to celebrate the joy that is school is is just a waste. Mm-hmm. So I'm picturing young Uswak on his cross country skis. <laughs> How did you ski your way out to the Seattle area? When did that? leap of geography occur from Connecticut to Washington? So after four years in Virginia at James Madison University, and then a year in Greensboro, North Carolina, um, uh, my then girlfriend, now wife, 
and I had a conversation about um, maybe, hey, you know, we're young. Um, maybe we should go west. Mm-hmm. And so we looked at Santa Fe and San Francisco and Boulder and Seattle. And then I applied to some schools because the plan was I had just earned my bachelor's in history, but now I needed to learn how to teach because I didn't know how to teach. And so I was going to go get my master's in teaching. And so um, it came down to the University of Washington or UC Boulder. And I believe it's CU for all the buffs out there. Oh, sorry, buffs. Okay, so I the rejected you. University of Colorado. The It came down to the University of Washington or the University of Colorado Boulder. And uh, yeah, we moved to Seattle. Okay. And... You know, you probably had some interviews. You probably had some visits out here. Of course, I'm always thinking from the admissions and enrollment lens of the journey of of choosing a place and choosing a culture and choosing a program. What was there a moment? Was there a little epiphany moment of this is the place? There were two. There were two. Uh, so, in the interview for UW, which was in person. Um, they asked me, so if you want to be a history teacher, let's say you're teaching about the Civil War. What are the most important things you would teach about and how would you teach about them? Great question. So I said, well, and I went through a list of, you know, what I thought to be key concepts and uh, impact of the Civil War. And then I said, and I don't know how to teach this. That's why I want to come here. Mm. And they kind of lit up and I was kind of like, ooh, cool interview answer. But I completely meant it and they completely understood that piece because I didn't want to rely on the fact that I went to school to inform my practice as a teacher. Yeah, you understood the difference between content and the delivery in an educational setting. Yep. Those were two different things. Yep. Yeah. And I and and I think the fact that they I think the fact that, that my answer was okay, that I didn't know made me go, oh, this is a place where I can come and learn. Mm. They're expecting me to learn. They're mm -hmm. expecting me not to know some stuff. That's called learning. So that's moment one. What was moment two? Decision bench. Decision bench. It's where? a beautiful Seattle day. There's an actual bench? There's an actual bench. It's a beautiful day in Seattle. It's sunny. It's warm. It's breezy. There's no humidity. And I'd lived in humidity for 24 years. What month was this? April. I got lucky. It's a rare day, <laughs> my friend. Um, and... I'm on Magnolia. I've been cruising around, checking out the city, and I just found this park that was up on a bluff. And I'm staring out at Elliott Bay and the skyline. I'm staring over to Vashon and Blake Island and the Olympics. And it, there's there's yachts and there's ferry boats and there's container ships. And I just had this feeling come over me of, I, I need to live here. This is the spot. And so that was kind of the moment. Um, Nicole moved here sight unseen. Very trusting. Super trusting. And what has resonated for both of you since you've been here? Just in 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 closing and in summary, what as as speaking to people in the Puget Sound region, many of whom have chosen this place for themselves for a variety of reasons. What um, has it been for you? This was the uh, for, of all the places we'd lived, including where we grew up. This was the place where we felt like we could most be ourselves. Mm -hmm. It just you know I, I sometimes joke you know. There was a storm and the stork was carrying me and got caught in the storm. And as a baby, I got delivered to the wrong spot. You know, like I should have grown up here um, in terms of the culture, in terms of the <laughs> approach. 
It's a strange anecdote, I realize. <laughs> We're not going to have Mr. Usbeck teaching ornithology next year. Ornithology or anyway. Um, so, so uh, you know, it just it's just a place. It's, uh, it's a region that really values collaboration. It's a region that values involvement. I mean, this is where the populist movement started. The, you know, this is a place where, um, you know, people are engaged and the public is working to solve problems. And it just it just felt like just felt like home. Just felt like home. Well, glad to be at home here in the Puget Sound region, the greater Seattle area. And at you said prep with you, Sam. Thanks for taking some time today. My pleasure. Thank you. To gain more insights, check out the EPS Weekly News each Friday.